Well, today we are beginning a brand new two-part series called We Care. Turn to your neighbor and say, We Care. Oh, say it like you mean it. Oh, you don't. Let me hear you. All right. Hey, our vision statement at the Grace Place is caring people, caring for people. We endeavor to fulfill our vision by providing care for all of our people and by partnering with caring ministries around the world. In this series, we're going to talk about caring for the people that are inside our house. Say inside. We're also going to talk about the people who are outside our house. Today we're talking about those inside our house. I want us to read a scripture to get us started this morning. Uh, The book of Luke chapter number 15, book of Luke chapter number 15, and uh, verses number 8 through 10. It says, or what woman, having 10 silver coins, if she loses one coin, does not light a lamp? Sweep the house and search carefully until she finds it. And when she has found it, she calls her friends and her neighbors together. And she says, rejoice with me, for I have found the peace which I lost. Likewise, I say to you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Now, this scripture is a parable, or it is a story that Jesus told. And I just read it to you, so I don't need to retell it. But based on this story, and based on our subject today, I want to make three statements about the grace place. The first statement that I would like to make this morning is this, and that is, we care enough to count. At the grace place, we care enough to count. I like, it, I like to say it like this. At the Grace Place, we count people because people count. In verse number eight, it says that a woman had 10 silver coins. Notice that it doesn't just say that, that there was a woman that had some coins. No, it says that she had 10 silver coins. Evidently, she had counted them. And because she had counted them, she knew exactly how many that she had. Watch this this morning. Counting tells us how many are here. When we count this morning, when our ushers count this morning, counting tells us how many are here. But it also, counting tells us how many aren't here. See, if we know how many we have, and then we count how many are here, then we will know how many are missing. And that's exactly what this woman did in this story. She knew that she had 10 coins. And so the day that she counted and she only came up with nine coins, she knew that one was missing. At the grace place, we care enough to count because because when we count, we discover how many are missing. You can jump in and help me a little bit this morning and you will be better off if you do. Gets me in a better mood and I'm nicer when I'm in a better mood. But not only do we care enough to count, but let me say this this morning, and that is at the Grace Place, we care enough to be concerned. 
We don't just care enough to count, but we care enough to be concerned, just like this woman in this parable. Once we discover that we have some missing, then we focus on who's missing. The woman in the story could have said, well, you know, I still have nine coins. You know, I I know I originally had 10, but but you know, I still have nine coins and nine is still still a lot. I, I think I'll just be okay with the nine that I have. But no, 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 that's not what she did. Not only do we focus on who is missing, but, but we search until we find them. This woman, the Bible says she lit a lamp. The Bible says that she got a broom. And the Bible says that she swept her house. And she swept until she found her lost coin. I don't know how long she swept. I don't know how much labor it took. I don't know how long it took. But she, but she lit the lamp and she got the broom. And she swept and she swept until she found the lost coin. At the Grace Place, we... We care for those that are inside our house. It's not like, well, you know, we've done all of this work to get them into our house. And now that they are into our house, now we don't have to worry about them. We don't have to care about them anymore because because we've got them safe on the inside of our house. And so we don't have to care anymore. No, we care. At the Grace Place, we care for those that are inside our house. We care about their hurts. We care about their struggles. We care about their disappointments. We care enough to be concerned. And can I tell you, and I, I know that the word pride is, you know, it's not a really good word, but, but if you can see it in a good way, can I tell you that I am proud of our church? You're looking at a very, a pastor who is very proud of his people. Can I tell you that I am absolutely amazed at the care that most of our people give. And so many of you, I watch you, I, I see you. Sometimes you beat me to the hospital when somebody, somebody is hurting in the hospital and I get there and you've already been there and you beat me there. I, I'm amazed at the care that most of our people receive and some of you that go above and beyond the call of duty. I want to challenge you today. Look around you. Is there, is there someone missing? Maybe someone that's usually sitting right in front of you or somebody that's right beside you usually or somebody behind you. Is there somebody missing? Is there somebody that, that has been missing for a while? May I ask you this morning, have you checked on them? Have you checked on them? See, you have absolutely no idea what that would mean to someone. Oh, I know that it means a lot when the lead pastor checks on somebody that is missing that sends a text or makes a call or a visit. And I know people are impressed that, that, that the pastor would, would, would care enough to check on them. But let me tell you, they also understand that the pastor is receiving a salary. It's not 
all of my portfolio, but in my portfolio as a pastor is to care for my people and to know where my people are at and to check on my people when they are missing. And so, and so we do our best to do that. Now we're in a place now, I can't do that all by myself. We have systems in place and people in place and staff members and, and C groups and all of these things that we do to take care of all of our people today. But I want to tell you what really, really, really makes a difference in people's life. And that is that somebody that's not on staff, somebody that's not getting paid for it, somebody cares enough to check on them. You have no idea what that would mean to someone. It would mean that you cared. Not only at the grace place, not only do we care enough to count, and not only do we care enough to be concerned, but we care enough to celebrate. Yeah, verse number nine says that that when she found her lost coin, she called her friends and she called her neighbors together. And she said to them, she said, rejoice with me because, because I have found my coin, which was lost. Can I tell you how happy I am when one of our lost members is found? For whatever reason, we lost them. Maybe, maybe they just dropped out for a while. Maybe they left for a while for whatever reason. Maybe they lost their faith for a while, but for whatever reason it was, they were lost to us. And can I tell you, can I tell you that it grieves this pastor and it hurts this pastor's heart every time every individual leaves, we lose someone from this house. You think after 47 years you'd get used to it, but you never get used to it if you're really a shepherd. It breaks my heart, it, it, hurt, it hurts, but oh, oh, to see them return, to see them, oh, found, oh, to see them again, oh, to somehow find them, oh, what a happy day. And so we celebrate. Hear me, we don't interrogate, we celebrate. We don't interrogate them. Where have you been and why have you you been here? No, we don't interrogate them. We celebrate them. We celebrate by rejoicing. Just like the woman in our parable today. Hear me, nothing brings joy to our heart like recovering what we have lost. We celebrate by rejoicing and we celebrate by restoring. Paul writes in Galatians chapter 6 and verse number 1, he says, Dear brothers and sisters, he says, if a person fails, he says, you who are spiritual, restore that person in a spirit of gentleness. Say a spirit of gentleness. Say it again, a spirit of gentleness. Hey, brothers and sisters, if a person fails, you who are spiritual, restore that person in a spirit of gentleness. Watch this. Considering yourself, lest you be tempted. How come when somebody else messes up, we want to hang them from the highest tree? But when we or one of ours mess up, we demand mercy. Jesus said, blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Listen to me, friend. Listen to me. The day will come. I promise you, write it down. Mark it down this morning. The day will come when you or one of yours will need mercy. Oh, no. We're beyond that. We're so spiritual. You're already in trouble. 
The day will come when you or one of yours will need mercy. And whether or not it is given will be determined by whether or not you have given it to others. That's not my word. That's the word of Jesus. Let me remind you this morning that our church is called the grace place. It's not called the law place. I pray, let us be known for our love. Let us be known for our acceptance. And let us be known for our forgiveness. Hear me this morning. Hear me, Grace Place. If we err, if we err, let it be on the side of mercy and grace. May we care enough to celebrate when those that have been lost to us are restored. We're talking about the fact that we care. We care for those inside our house, our people. Now I want to take just a few moments and I want to talk to you about what it means to care. We talk about caring, but what does it, what does it mean? What does it entail? I want to ask and then endeavor to answer two questions about caring. And the question, number one is, what does it mean to care? What does it mean to care. Well, I want to answer this question using an acrostic of this word care, C-A-R-E. For the letter C, to care means compassion. What does care mean? It means compassion. First John chapter 3, verses 17 through 19 says that without a true heart of compassion, you are not a genuine Christian, but only an imposter. That's very strong. Well, read it. See, it's impossible to be in love with Jesus and possess a hard heart. So to care means compassion. For the letter A, I believe to care means action. Action. Pastor, I care. Well, thank you for telling me that because if you didn't tell me that, I wouldn't know it. Care means action. 1 John 3 and 18 says that the proof of our love is revealed in our actions. See, not everyone who talks to talk actually walks to walk. I love, I've told you before, but I love, I love, love, love the story about, about Mother Teresa. And one day someone saw Mother Teresa bandaging an open leprous wound. And this person spoke to Mother Teresa and this person said to her, I, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do what you're doing. I wouldn't do that for a million dollars. And Mother Teresa replied, neither would I. Neither would I. But what she would not do for a million dollars, she did for free. Why? Because she cared. What does it mean to care? Well, for the letter R, I'm using the word relationship. Mark chapter 3 and verse 14 says that Jesus selected 12 men. Why did Jesus select 12 men? What was the purpose? What was he doing? Well, it tells us in that verse, Jesus selected 12 men, watch this, that they might be with him. He called them, he selected them so that they would be with him, that they could do life and ministry with him. See, true care takes time. 
It takes energy. It takes building a relationship. One of the ways that we care for people here at the Grace Place is through C groups. What are C groups? C groups are five to seven families with like passion and similar seasons of life, getting together for community, doing life together. The purpose of our C groups, twofold, to connect and to care. I encourage you today to take a look at our cool C group wall in our lobby. And I encourage you to talk to our rock star C group pastor, Landon Oil, if you're not already involved in this incredible ministry. See, the way to care and the way to be cared for is through relationship. So what does it mean to care? Well, it means compassion. It means action. It means relationship. And for the letter E this morning, it means encouragement. Care means encouragement. People who care are encouragers. Now, if you're like me, and I'm pretty sure you are, if you are like me, there are people that you tend to avoid. And there are people that you intentionally seek out. I could stand up here and mention many, many names today of a people in this house that I seek out every single Sunday. And I love it when I see them coming toward me because I know they're going to encourage me. I know they're going to lift me up. I know that after I talk to them and after I'm with them for a couple of moments, I know I'm going to feel better because I have been in their presence. And they will help balance out the negative that comes to me. Don't you just love to be around people like that? 1 Thessalonians 5 and 11, Paul writes, and he says, encourage one another. He says, build one another up. Oh, I want to challenge you today. Become an encourager. I'll become an encourager. Become one of those people that people love it when you come and when they see you come their way, they can't wait till you get there because they know that you're going to encourage them. Become an encourager. Build people up. Speak positive, affirming words over people. Listen, listen. You have absolutely no idea what this would mean to them. See, you don't know what's going on in people's lives. Had a man in my church in Midland when I pastored there. Anytime I would preach some kind of hard or difficult message or whatever, or straightforward message, after Sunday, he would come up to me and he loved to come up to me in the lobby and he would tell me, you're preaching to the choir, preacher. You're preaching to the choir. That man had absolutely no idea what I had in my choir. You're on your best behavior today. I hope you are. You look better today than you'll look the rest of the week. Hopefully you'll act better today than you'll ever. Listen, listen, we, have a, we know how to put on a facade. We know, how to, we know how to talk to talk. Man, how's it going? Man, it couldn't get any better. But on the inside, we're dying. You do not know. You do not know. You don't know the hurt. You don't know the pain. You don't know the heartache. You don't know what's going on in somebody's life. Oh, but listen, if they could get a, an encouraging word, if they could get a word of affirmation, Your word of affirmation over them may be the only word of affirmation they get the entire week. You may be the only person who ever speaks 
words of affirmation over their life. I challenge you to become an encourager. I'm not talking about kissing up. I'm not talking about, you know, saying things that are not true. I'm just talking about encouraging and lifting up people. Listen, listen, no matter how, how bad a person is, there's something good you can speak over their life. Even mine, come on. Because you have absolutely no idea what this would mean. And especially to people that are struggling with inferiority and insecurity. Proverbs 12 and 25 says, An anxious heart weighs a person down, but a word of encouragement will do wonders. Proverbs 25 and 11 says, A word spoken at the appropriate time is like golden apples in a silver basket. All right, we've, we've asked and answered the question, what does it mean to care now? Now let's in, ask the question and endeavor to answer the question, what doesn't it mean to care? talked about what it does mean to care, but what doesn't it mean? And I want you to listen very carefully. And especially if you are a C group leader, I want you to listen very carefully to me today. Once again, I want to make an acrostic out of the word care to illustrate what it does not mean. For the letter C in this word care, I am using the word calm. Care doesn't necessarily mean calm. See, just because you care for somebody, that doesn't mean that you let them walk all over you. That doesn't mean that you allow them to take advantage of you. It doesn't mean that you allow them to walk down a road that will certainly lead them to a bad place without informing them, but knowing that the only right you have to speak into their life is if you have a personal relationship with them. See, sometimes love must be tough. Sometimes you have to care enough to confront. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 15, Paul writes, he says, speak the truth. Most people just, you know, they just quote that. Well, I'm speaking the truth. Well, you didn't, you didn't, you didn't finish the verse. Speak the truth in love. Say in love. Speak the truth in love. See, what you need to understand is that how you say something is even more important than what you say. Proverbs 9, verse 8 and 9 says, rebuke a wise person and they will even be wiser. You know, nobody likes to have to rebuke someone. Well, so, let me rephrase that. I think there may be a few that like it. <laughs> They're so consistent with it. Uh, let me say that most people... <laughs> Don't like the job of having to rebuke. And being rebuke is no fun. But sometimes to actually care for someone will require it. We're talking about what it doesn't mean to care. It doesn't always mean calm. Sometimes there will be turbulence with those that we genuinely care for. For the letter A, care doesn't always mean agreement. Care doesn't always mean that I'm always going to agree with you or you're always going to agree with, agree with me. In, in Acts chapter 15, the Apostle Paul has a sharp disagreement with his ministry partner, whose name was Barnabas. Barnabas. 
Both of these men were powerful men of God. Both of them were used mightily by God. And both of these men were very influential ministers in the early church. And yet, and yet they disagreed adamantly, adamantly with each other over the effectiveness of another preacher named Mark. No doubt Paul and Barnabas cared deeply for one another. They were ministry partners. No doubt they cared deeply for one another. No doubt they had high regard for one another and one another's ministry. And yet they didn't agree on this one issue. Here's what this teaches me, and that is I don't have to agree with you to care for you. I don't have to agree with everything about you in order to care for you. You don't have to agree with everything about me in order for you to care for me. It tells me that I can disagree with someone and still love them. I can disagree with someone and still care for them. I can disagree with someone and still respect them. Oh, I want to get all over this, but I'm going to move on. See, not everybody will dot their I's and cross their T's exactly like we do. See, I think there's something that we forget, you know. We're so adamant. Man, they are, you know, I just don't agree with that. I just don't agree with them. Well, you know what? They're on the other side saying that about us. We forget about that. Not everybody's going to dot their I's and cross their T's exactly like we do. And let me ask you, and especially in the church, why do we major in minors? Why do we throw the baby out with the bathwater? Oh, why? Why can't we unify over what we agree upon instead of dividing over what we disagree upon? And listen to me, listen this morning. Anything that is not a salvation issue is a minor issue. Man, we want to put the boxing gloves on and go to Fish City over some minor doctrine or issue. And somebody sees it different, they're using the same scriptures that we're using. For whatever reason, they see them different than we see them. Not everybody's going to dot their I and cross their T exactly like we do. Hear me this morning. Listen, listen, listen. If it's not a heaven or hell, if it's not an eternal issue, it's a minor issue. And minor issues are not worth fighting over. They're not worth dividing over. We're asking the question, what doesn't it mean to care for the letter R? It doesn't mean ridiculous. See, if we allow it, some people will use our vision and our heart to manipulate us. It happens to me more than I'd like to say. I mean, you know, we're the grace place. We're caring people, caring for people. I kind of set us up to get shot at. And if we allow it, some people will use our vision and use our heart to manipulate us. They, they will try to use guilt to get us to do what they want us to do. And even when what they want us to do is not what should be done. 
And when we don't bow to the guilt that they try to manipulate us with, when wisdom says that, that what they are asking from us is not wise, and so that we, so therefore we have to kindly say no, or we are forced to put up some boundaries, and when their guilting does not work and their manipulating doesn't work, then they begin to lash out at us saying, I thought you said you cared. Understand this. Caring doesn't mean ridiculous. Caring doesn't mean that wisdom and common sense goes out the window. Caring doesn't mean we allow people to manipulate us and take advantage of us or take so much of our time and our energy and our finances, take so much from us that our caring has a negative effect on our own family and our own personal life. Caring doesn't mean ridiculous. Are you still tracking with me this morning? For the letter E in our acrostic, caring doesn't mean enabling. See, there's a difference in caring and enabling. See, see, caring, are you listening? Caring says, let me help you. Say help. help. Let me help you. Let me help you carry the load that is, that is too heavy. I can see this load is too heavy for you to carry by yourself. So let me help you carry the load. I'm not carrying the load. I'm helping you carry the load. That's caring. Enabling says... I'm willing to carry the load for you even though you are well able to carry, carry it yourself. That's enabling. It's not caring, that's enabling. When my father began to get feeble in his latter years, I said to my dad, I said, Dad, I just want you to know that I'll do anything no matter what it is. I'll do anything for you, Dad, that you can't do for yourself, but nothing that you can. Don't you wish you had a hard-hearted son like me? Dad, I said, when you, the day comes when you can no longer tie your shoes, Dad, I, I will be honored to get down and bend down on my knees and tie your shoes for you, Dad. Dad, when the day comes when you no longer can pour your own cup of coffee and nuke it in the microwave, I'll be glad to do it for you. But as long as you can tie your own shoes, as long as you can pour your own coffee, that's what's going to happen because otherwise that's not fair to you and that's not fair to me. And the day come when my dad could no longer tie his shoes and I was willing to tie his shoes. The day came when my dad could no longer pour his own coffee and I poured his own coffee. The day came when I had to help clean up my father's, you know. I'll stop right there. But he no longer could do it for himself. 
And I was willing to help. Don't confuse caring with enabling. And sometimes when we say no, it's because that's not caring, that's enabling. The title of our series is We Care, and we do. Do we always bet a thousand? Do we always meet people's expectations? Absolutely not. Do we drop the ball sometimes? Do we mess up sometimes? Absolutely. But we keep trying. Why do we keep trying? Because we care too much to stop. I want to just say thank you to everyone in this house that endeavors to care for those in this house. There once was a day when I knew everybody's name. I knew who was married to who and who their kids were, knew their kids' names. There was a day I knew everybody, knew everything. I even knew some personal things about everybody in the church that cannot happen anymore. That's good and that's bad. The good part is is because there's a thousand people that are on the roll and I can't know personally a thousand people and you can't either. But because I do care and because I have a shepherd's heart, if I can't care for every one of those thousand people, bless your heart, I'm going to do everything I can. I'm going to put systems in place. I'm going to put ministries in place. There's checks and balances. I am consistently, consistently asking the staff, are we checking on the missing people? Are we checking on, where is so-and-so? Where is this one? Where's that one? I haven't seen this one. I haven't seen that one. Have we checked? And we have systems in place and we have people doing, listen, we're not going to do it all right, but we're going to keep trying because that is our heart. It's our heart. The takeaway of the message today is simply this. If we have a heart for caring, our hands will prove it. If we have a heart for caring, our hands will prove it. James 2 and 18 says, James says, someone may argue. Some people have faith and others have good deeds. But he says, I say, how can you show me your faith if you don't have any good deeds? And James says, here's what it is. He said, I will show you my faith by my good deeds. Here's what I say to James's long deal there. I say to James, I say, what we do reveals who we are. What we do reveals who we are. Father, I thank you for this word this morning. Thank you, Father. God, as I, as I pray nearly every day, thank you. Thank you for trusting me with a vision for this house. Thank you. I'm honored. I'm honored, God, that you would trust me as the leadership of this church. You would trust me with, an, with a vision like, like caring. And I thank you for those that you have placed under me, God, those that are my hands and my feet and my voice. Thank you for every person in this church, whether they're a part of a C group or otherwise, but because they have captured the heart of his house and the heart of his house is to care. Oh God, I pray that you'll help us. Oh God, I, I don't like it when people leave and I know there's a host of reasons why people leave sometimes and I also know that sometimes it's valid. And sometimes you just send us people for a season. I don't like that at all. Lord, once they're in my house, I want them forever. But I do know sometimes they're there for a season. There's something in particular that needs to be poured in their life that will be poured in their life here. I don't like that, I, I, but I understand it. My heart aches, Father, for every... I just, 
my prayer was this, Lord, if I finally get back on track of my prayer. My prayer is this, no matter what people leave for, oh God, not one person, please, not one person leave and say I wasn't cared for. Nobody cared. They may not like my preaching. They may not like the worship. They may not like the lights. They may not like this or that, but Lord, and, and that's a part of the American church, God, and every church deals with that today, but God, let not one person leave saying I didn't. I wasn't cared for. Nobody cared for me. I pray as I pray every day, God, help us to create an atmosphere of caring. An atmosphere 